Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. Top 40 country radio recording artist D.A. Cole is firing things up on the Lions Radio Network with this provocative approach to talk radio. Hot topics, interesting guests, and music will entice listeners to call in and join the conversation on Turning Up the Heat. Hi, I'm D.A. Cole, and welcome to Turning Up the Heat, along with my producer, engineer, and loyal co-host Brian Gard. Say hello, Brian. Hey, thanks for having me once again, DA. We're so glad to be here with you tonight. Tonight's guest has had an amazing musical career as a former member of the hit band The Turtles and has worked with Jimi Hendrix, Ringo Starr, Frank Zappa, and many others. He has had the honor of being a music director for the Grammy Awards. He's also an author. Please welcome to the show, Andy Kahn. Hey, Andy. Hey, how you doing, DA? Good to hear from you. We're doing we're doing good over here. So glad to have you on tonight. Um, you know, I, as I read through your um, as your bi- read through your bio, um, you've just had uh, one interesting experience in the music industry after another, and I'm um, so excited to to ask you some questions and um, let our listeners find out a little bit more about um, the man who is uh, has coined the phrase uh the most famous musician you've never heard of um, that's me uh, <laughs> i think that uh people are going to be very surprised to to find out what you you know what your some of your accomplishments and experiences in the industry and who you've worked with um uh please uh, start out uh if you can by telling us uh how you got started professionally in music oh uh well um i was making monster movies uh, back in New Rochelle, New York in 1963. Brian uh, Brian happens to love monster movies, coincidentally. (laughs) I I love monsters. I always loved monsters. So uh, I I would get all my friends together uh, in the neighborhood and I would have my uh, sound projector and a sound camera and uh, write the scripts and get all the monster makeup and make monster movies. So uh, my sister told me that uh, a group named the Beatles was going to be on the Ed Sullivan show and for me to watch it. And of course, like everybody else who watched that show, my life completely changed overnight. I wanted to, um, I wanted to become a Beatle. I no longer wanted to make monster movies. (laughs) And uh, that's uh, how I got started by uh, being turned on to the Beatles. See, amazing. Uh, this is Brian, uh, Andy, uh, and it's amazing yeah. uh, how how much influence that that uh, what probably a three or four minute clip uh, from that show has changed so many people's lives <laughs> over the year. Oh, over the year, unbelievable. Or, you know, It's unbelievable. Well, I mean, every everybody I know has life has changed because of the Beatles, and there's a lot of people I know that have become musicians because of the Beatles. So they are really uh, uh, the most amazing thing that's happened 
in our uh, last hundred years. Well, my connection to the Beatles is my uh, my parents used to give me Beatle haircuts when I was a little kid. I have pictures of it to prove it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, that's wonderful. That's great. Well, the, I have the, a the, funny the story about that. I I had very curly hair, so I wanted to become a Beatle, so I went to the pharmacy and I bought Permastrate, which is a hair straightening uh, product, and I permastrated your eyes. Hair. Your eyes. Yeah, and my hair came out perfectly straight, just like a beetle haircut, for about twenty minutes, and then after that, it it it, it curled up again. So that That's was hilarious. my perma straight, uh, trying to be a beetle thing. <laughs> so that was uh, cool. Well, speaking of uh, famous musicians, you've you've uh, played with some of the most recognizable names in the music business. Uh, please share some of those experiences with us. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I moved out to California in 1968. Uh, My mom was good friends with a guy named Erwin Garr, who owned uh, his own record label called Pulsar Records. And uh, I was working for him as a gopher, you know, uh, Xerox copies, uh, running errands, picking up musicians for sessions. And uh, one of his artists uh, was a guy named Graham Bond, who had a band called the Graham Bond Organization in England. And uh, Ginger Baker and Jack Bruce were uh, members of his band. And, of course, later on they uh, joined uh, Eric Clapton in the Cream. So uh, Graham calls me up and says, Andy, we got a recording session bring your harpsichord and uh, let's have some fun. So I, I picked up Graham and his wife, Diane, and we drove to TTG studios on in Hollywood. And uh, I was setting my harpsichord up and Graham Bond was um, getting ready to play the Hammond B3 and Lowell George, the founder and, and lead singer of a group called Little Feet, uh, was going to be playing flute, and Jack Cassidy, the bass player for the Jefferson Airplane, was on bass, and uh, Mitch Mitchell was setting up the drums. And uh, then I fe- felt this very, very strange feeling coming over me, and I looked over my shoulder at the studio door entrance, and there was Jimi Hendrix walking in with two blonde chicks one carrying his guitar and one carrying his amp and he sets up right next to me and we proceed to record two hours of playing the blues and it was totally incredibly awesome and and, and where uh, uh where are those recordings at, do you know of well uh i have a know? copy of them uh but um i guarantee you the uh, the Jimi Hendrix estate, uh, you know, they have control over all the copyrights, so they they own it. But uh, it's which is pretty amazing which is actually stuff. handled by my music attorneys. Really? Yes, my music attorney handled the my my attorneys handle the estate of Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. Well, this was uh, the Beatles. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, well, oh, maybe yeah, my, you should they, ask them where those uh, masters, they well, were recorded. Well, well, I, in well I would, except both of them passed away over the last two years. So oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, it was Peter Shukat and Alan Arrow, and, um, and they both represented me, and they both, unfortunately, uh, they're gone. And now the, the, uh, the other senior partners, who I, I really don't work with, uh, haven't worked, uh, done one contract with one of the other attorneys there. Um, they they handle all all the uh, all the business now that that Peter and Alan handled. But I you know I I'd been with them for a long time and I I, I know that they handled Jimi Hendrix's estate and uh, and Janice and and the Beatles. So so yeah, go, just going back to that story, tell us. Uh, I mean that's just um, I mean that almost sounds like surreal. <laughs> I mean it is it's well, not it's, well, it, it is surreal. Well, it was amazing because I was madly, madly overwhelmed by the fact that Jimi Hendrix was sitting right next to me, literally. And when we got through with the recording session, um, he whipped out a, a joint and said, would you like to share this? I said, sure. So we stood up in the corner of the studio and this uh, roadie, this kind of hippie roadie guy joined us. So we were all uh, smoking this joint in the corner of the room. And then uh, Jimmy started to sing guitar parts with his voice, you know, like, and then I just (laughs) pretended I was the drummer and uh, I started to play drums with my mouth. So I went, and then the uh, roadie guy was the bass player. So he played bass with his mouth. You know, uh, so yeah. here we are sharing a joint, passing the joint around, and playing a, a, a power trio with our mouths. <laughs> so Great that was, uh, I'll never forget that. That was amazing. What and, a, can what I say that Jimi Hendrix, yeah, Jimi Hendrix was like the most down-to-earth, sweetest guy. He was just, just a normal guy, no ego, just a right. real straight-ahead normal guy. He was a Marine. And, uh, so, he was a U.S. Marine. Yes, and he also, uh, you know, he backed up uh, uh, Otis Redding and Sam and Dave and uh, the Isley Brothers and uh, all these famous groups he played with. So uh, he that, was uh, 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 totally incredible. Yeah, that group that that was set up in that studio. I mean, with uh, with Ginger Baker, <laughs> Jack Bruce. <laughs> what a what a you know all star group. Musicians for that session, just amazing. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitch Mitchell, Jack Cassidy, Lowell George, Graham Bond, and Jimi Hendrix. Pretty yeah, amazing. That's, yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, well, you've uh, you've written a book um, with an interesting title, which I think I might have mentioned already. Uh, let's talk about that. Yes, uh, I, I am very fortunate that I saved all my archives, every photograph, every tape, every record, every uh, contract, every letter, every postcard, every bumper sticker, every button, everything. I saved it all since 1960. And uh, I realized that I could put together an incredible uh, 12 by 12 coffee table book with my history with all these incredible celebrities that I uh, recorded and toured and played with. So 
Uh, I spent months and months uh, scanning all these images, and it made it really easy to write the book because, uh, like you know, a picture has a, is, is a thousand words. So I'm able to look at all these images and then tell the stories of what happened. So, uh, you know, it's the book is about uh, Jimi Hendrix and Ringo Starr and Harry Nielsen and Eric Carmen and Jimmy Webb and Seals and Croft and Dr. John the Night Tripper and Little Richard and Chuck Berry and R.B. Greaves and Gracie Slick and uh, Michelle Phillips. It just keeps on going on and on and on. Linda Ronstadt. Just amazing how many people that I've, uh, you know, recorded and performed with. Yeah, it that's just it's truly incredible. When you when you um you know sat down to kind of write the book, um, you know, take us through that process. Did you I mean obviously you just gobs and gobs of stuff in your head. Did you just start writing a stream of consciousness and just or just did you have a, a whiteboard and just start trying to put how did you piece this uh this thing together? Uh and and, and you know, was it a was it a solo effort or did you have some help? No, it was all solo, and I, I started to write the book without scanning any of the images, and it was really, really hard. I couldn't remember shit. By the way, I did save all of my calendars, you know, like Week at a Glance and all these calendars, which had all these people's names and stuff I did. Anyway, so once I finished scanning all the images, it made it so easy to put them in chronological order and start talking about what happened. So, uh, you know, two years later, I, I finished the book. Uh, the original book is 327 pages, and it uh, includes uh, all the uh, road stories with girls, and, uh, and it includes my uh, great-grandparents and my parents and my sister and family. But uh, I've been told by a lot of people, just just put out a book with just the music history. So I edited it uh, down to 200 pages, and it's just uh, all music stories, even though a lot of people like to hear the, uh, the road <laughs> stories with uh, all the different uh, encounters. <laughs> uh, I just want to let our listeners know... Um... We got Andy Kahn on with us tonight, and uh, if you'd like to call in and uh, say hi to Andy, ask him about some of those interesting road stories or anything else, uh, call in 646-668-8494. That's 646-668-8494. And um, you know, it's interesting you've mentioned uh, so many names uh, of of performers who've recorded songs that I cover in my shows live. Um, Including uh, oh, Artie Greaves, Take a Letter Maria. I mean, I I play Take a Letter Maria with an acoustic guitar. I've performed that live many, many times. Well, and um, I'm that's the one guy of my playing favorite. that. Uh, yeah, I play that Wurlitzer piano part. Take a Letter Maria. You're do, do, you're do, on do, the record. Do. Is that that's, you yeah, on the that's recording? Me. Oh my that's goodness. me. Wow, that's crazy, man. I've been playing that song live for, I mean, last night when I got home, just about half past ten, <laughs> there was a woman. It's a great song. In it's a wonderful song. Oh, yeah. I sing, I've been singing that for years, man. I can't believe you're the guy playing the keyboard on that. That just blows my mind. Wow. <laughs> um, wow. We, we, uh, we, we're going to have you, like I said, this is uh, one of 
want to just uh, you know apologize. We uh, we have we have an abbre- abbreviated show tonight, and we're gonna we're gonna get Andy back on here with us uh, sooner than later. Yeah, because I, th- we've got I've got a lot of stuff that I want to talk to you about, and we're gonna we're gonna chat you know uh, on 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 the show and off and stay in touch. And as I've mentioned, I'd love to have uh, you know be able to work with you uh, you know live at some stuff uh, in the in the near future. Uh, one of the artists that you work with, um, Harry Nilsson, is you know has recorded some some of my favorite songs and and I know that you did a movie soundtrack with Harry um uh that is titled Me Myself and I and uh yes. I guess that's the t- that's the that's the film that's the title track from the film we'd like uh we'd like to play that for uh for our listeners to hear a little you know a little bit of something you know, a collaboration with Harry Nilsson and um so we're going to we're going to cue that up and play that right now okay so, how about- yeah, how about a little, just uh, real quick, yeah. uh, Andy, just a little lead-in, uh, just to kind of set this up. Uh, you know, where 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 did this, uh, the genesis of this song, and kind of how you got how you got um, matched up with them? Well, I I met Harry Nielsen through the Turtles. Flo and Eddie had their own radio show on K Rock after Howard Stern in New York, and uh, we did a, a Clarence Clemens, Alice Cooper, Oktoberfest. Uh, in uh, Universal Studios, and um, Harry Nielsen was one of the guests on the Flo and Eddie radio show, and Harry and I became really good friends, and uh, uh, he recorded 35 uh, of his songs in my studio in Laurel Canyon, and uh, a friend of his, uh, Pablo Fiera, uh, just finished the movie Me, Myself, and I, and they needed music, so they asked Harry to do the music uh, at that time I had a four track cassette machine a Fostex four track cassette and that's what we recorded his vocals on and it was uh, synced with a uh, Insonic performance sampler uh, a synthesizer and uh, it came out really great and we were laughing our asses off in the uh, movie theater for the premiere because uh, it sounded so terrific, and uh, you know, usually people go into a big 24-track studio and spend thousands and thousands of dollars, uh, but we just did it in my living room on a four-track cassette. And uh, I'm playing all the music. I'm playing all the instruments on, sampled on this keyboard. You know, the uh, trombone, the drums, the bass, the piano, the strings, the horns, everything. So uh, enjoy. This is called Me, Myself, and I, written by Harry Nielsen. Awesome. And here it is uh, for everybody. We got it queued up right now.
That end part, because we, we had taken that from the video, was uh, probably part of the movie. Yes, that's uh, leading into the movie, yes. For, for our listeners, that was not somebody outside of our window in, in New York City. <laughs> although, it, although it could have been. It was somebody outside a window been. in New York City uh, 35 or 40 years ago, I guess. Yeah. And it's... Interesting story about Harry Nielsen. Uh, he recorded an album with John Lennon called Pussycats. And uh, what happened was John Lennon always practiced the primal scream, which means that you scream at the top of your lungs and it releases all this energy. Well, Harry Nielsen practiced the primal scream and he lost his voice. All the high end, all those beautiful high notes, silky high notes that Harry used to sing, he was no longer able to sing anything high anymore. He was only able to sing, uh, like in this uh, song we just played, if you notice, his vocals are all me, myself, and I, it's all low keys, because he can't sing high notes anymore. Well, he couldn't, he's... He strained, he strained his vocal cords permanently. Because of John Lennon teaching him how to do the prim, primal scream. Wow. So did, that's did how he, Harry Nielsen lost his voice. Was, 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 uh, I, was John Lennon Harry Nielsen's drinking partner or something? Absolutely. Yeah. Randy Alexander. Randy Alexander was... Yeah, that was the drink of choice, and the the famous uh, troubadour incident with uh, uh, John Lennon, uh, Harry Nielsen, May Pang, uh, Ringo Starr, Keith Moon, and Peter Lawford. They were all sitting at a table listening to the Smother, Smothers Brothers show, uh-huh. and uh, they got very drunk on their Brandy Alexanders and Harry Nielsen reached into May Pang's purse and pulled out a Tampax and then wore the Tampax on his forehead. And then a, uh, a waitress got upset and she, she got the bouncer and then came the famous photograph of the bouncer trying to eject Harry and John from the troubadour. And Harry has his fist up ready to fight, you know, and protect his, Pal John, so that's a wow. very interesting story for sure. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. Is, is that in your book? Of course it is. I yes. kind of presumed that you'd have that in there since you were, uh, well, I'm sure there are there are many others. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who uh, please uh, do uh, to the, our listeners pick up a copy of. Uh, you want to once again uh, tell our listeners the title of the book and where where they can get it. Uh, well, actually, right now um, uh, I am in the midst of uh, financing a self-published book, and I'm trying to raise money to do that. Although uh, my new agent that I have, who's going to be booking me on uh, uh, speaking events where I, you know, speak at uh, colleges and universities, uh, she has a uh, a publisher who is interested. So the book isn't out yet. Oh, okay. As soon as it comes out, I will let everybody know for sure. And and perhaps um, the next time we have you on, the book will uh, have a publisher, and you'll have a, re- a release date, and uh, maybe you can uh, – we'll be able to do that on the show and uh, use this as a platform to get uh, the information out about – all about where your book is available, and um, hopefully oh, that's we wish great. you the best yeah, of luck I, with that. Yeah, I definitely plan on touring the country and the world and promoting the book and playing uh, you know, all my original music and – just living it up at 70 years old. Well, you know, 70 is the new <laughs> 60. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. Um, as I've mentioned, um, you know, I, I'd love to do something, you know, live with you. And um, hopefully um, if you're in New York, if you're in the city uh, where I reside and play most of my uh, live, do most of my live performances, uh, I'd certainly like to have you come in and, uh, and, and, and perform with me and we can, you know, we could try to set something up before I'm out on the West coast. I know that, um, uh, I've got a, I've got a friend, uh, who is in a band that you, um, that you told me you played with, uh, you said you played with Redbone, Um, and, uh, I, I've become friendly with, um, one of the, uh, one of the members of Redbone, and I'm hoping to do something out in, uh, Southern California where he resides and plays most of his live shows. And, you know, maybe we could do, you know, we could all do something together out there if I come out and play something. Uh, yes. Uh, I, played, well. uh, I played uh, the same shows with him. I was in a band called Geronimo Black, which featured Jimmy Carl Black, uh, the Indian of the group with Frank uh-huh. Zappa. And uh, oh, we did a lot okay. of gigs. Uh, we uh, Indian gigs. We did a lot of Indian benefit concert right native american redbone so we and redbone and some other uh you know groups that were uh involved with the right native groups yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so uh that's how i met the lala i think what was his name vega lala Uh, lolly vegas lolly vegas right lolly vegas was the guitarist and lead and lead singer and and lolly uh, lolly passed lolly passed away and um, and uh, the gentleman that took Lolly's place in the band is the person I'm talking about, my friend Tracy Lee Nelson. And Tracy may be listening to the show right now. So, <laughs> you know um, what? I think I met Tracy. That name sounds extremely familiar to me. Well, he's he's um, you know Tracy and I communicate quite a bit through uh, through Facebook, the same way that you and I uh, have become friendly and and, and initially met. Um, and he's been a guest on my show, and. Um, 
you know, he he's told me all about the progression, you know, the actual how, you know, what had had happened with 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 Redbone and then the band losing uh, the, one of the founding members and Tracy um, taking over that slot and, and, you know, and playing in the band. And um, and now the band is, you know, dis, dis, disbanded, I believe. But I think they do, you know, may maybe getting back together for some events or they have in the past recently. Um, but he's a blues player now. And we're, uh, we're you know, he, he knows a lot of the stuff that I do. And which is a lot of the songs that you mentioned that you are the keyboardist or drummer on uh, stuff that I cover live. And uh, and he knows a lot of those songs. So we we probably make a nice little trio, the three of us together, because <laughs> we know so much of the same music. And I'm going to you know, I'm going to oh. I'm going to mention it. Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I think that's wonderful. I look forward to that. I, I, I miss New York City. I grew up there. I used to uh, hang out in Greenwich Village all the time. Well, that was I my played. stomping grounds. Yeah, I played for years in the village. I record. I recorded a lot of my early demos uh, in the village on Sullivan Street, right off of off of Bleecker. Um, right. Bleecker and West Third, and I, I know you know the area. And um, yeah, I recorded. I recorded for about a year in a studio there. Coincidentally, I recorded in a studio that I think you'll you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, the board in the studio. First of all, uh, the producer that produced my record was somebody you probably know. There's a guy named Ron Rogers, and he produced Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Remember that band? Oh, right. How cool is that? That's great. Okay, so he, he, he had produced Kid Creole, and, um, and he got the board that was in his studio from Electric Ladyland Studio, and it was the old Harrison board that was in that studio. And you may have, you may have actually recorded on that, that same board at some point in your career if you recorded in New York Probably, City at Electric yeah. Ladyland. You probably did, and it's so funny when you know when you you know things come. It's so strange how things come together when you meet somebody in, in your industry and they've got some experiences from you know that you sort of cross, indirectly cross paths or had you know worked with some of the same people. So that board yeah. was in. He he bought the board when the studio closed down. He bought that board. It was a huge, like a ten foot long Harrison board from you know 1968 or 69, and I recorded a lot of my <laughs> early demos you know, breaking into the, in, the recording industry on, on that, on that board. And uh, I think that I, it's quite possible you worked on that. You know, you may have recorded on that same soundboard. Um, I probably and, did. I probably did. And I, you know, I played, I played a lot of, you know, many, many, many shows uh, in the, in, in the West village on Bleecker street on McDougal street. And, um, and I know that you were there, you know, a generation two, maybe or, or two before um, th- that I was there. Um, but you know, uh, the village is the village and the next, the next time maybe a little bit different, uh, probably isn't as cool as when you were playing there. Um, but oh, it's still I know. Interesting. Yeah. it's quirky, it's unique. Um, there's a lot of strange things going on and, um, I think I don't, I, I hope it never loses that because, um, you know, anytime I go down there, there's just, there's just a, an unbelievable feeling in the air of being in the West village in New York and any of our listeners who've never had a chance to experience that, um, you know, I, I say, you know, you gotta, you gotta check out the village, you know? Oh, absolutely. Once in, absolutely. One time in your life, you got to check out the village. Yeah. I, uh, what one great time in the village for me was, uh, going to see a, a group called the Fugs, F-U-G-S. Uh-huh. And the lead singer's name was Ed Sanders. It was sort of like, uh, what Frank Zappa was doing it was all crazy material, crazy. 
And uh, I went there with uh, Dr. John McRavenack, and sitting in front of us was Bob Dylan and Keith Richards. And uh, we watched the Fugs play. And uh, <laughs> one, of their, one of their hit records was a song called Coca-Cola Douche. And uh, they were crazy. They were absolutely <laughs> wonderfully crazy. That's hilarious. Great. And that was in 19, probably 66 or 7. It was uh, very cool times. Well, we, uh, we're so glad to have had you uh, on the show tonight. Uh, once again, uh, our guest has been Andy Kahn, and he's got a book coming out. And we're going to have him back on the show really soon. We'll talk about that, Andy. We're going to get you scheduled again. I want to thank you so much for sharing, uh, you know, your, your musical experience, your life, your music with us, uh, that, that wonderful uh, movie soundtrack you did with Harry Nelson. And we are going to reschedule, uh, schedule you again. And I hope good things between now and then happen for you. And, uh, you and I will stay in touch and, um, yes. I wish you the best of luck with everything. And I hope you are out performing live as, uh, as much as you would like to be. And um, when you're in the city, you and I are going to get together and we'll do something live here. We'll get that, we'll get that set up. And um, yeah, we'll do take a letter Maria. Oh yeah, we certainly will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That would be fun. That would be great. Yeah, that would be great. I look forward to that. I thank our guests for tuning in tonight. And um, you've been listening to turning up the heat and for Brian guard, I'm DA Cole and Thank you, Mr. Andy Kahn. We loved having you on, and we'll speak with you again soon. See you next time. All right. What a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andy. Take care of yourself. Okay. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye.